Hi, Corey from the Feeding the Monster podcast feed here. Do you remember when it was okay to like a movie? You know, back in the good old days when you could post on your Facebook page how much you enjoyed a movie and not have to worry about dozens of internet trolls blasting you and making you feel like crap for loving something? If you miss those days like I do, then I've got just the podcast for you. It's called The Power of Positive Geeking. Every Thursday, join me and a special guest as we talk positively about the films and geek topics we love. The Power of Positive Geeking is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts from. So what are you waiting for? Give us a listen on The Power of Positive Geeking. We're going to help you fall in love with movies all over again. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Rantings of a Maniac podcast. I am your host, Mark Meyer. This is the show where I give you a sneak peek into the inner workings of my mind, the things that I love, the things that I loathe, the things that make me laugh or cry. It's all here. And you know what doesn't make me cry? Comic book related things. You know what? I take that back. Sometimes those things do make me cry. Uh, but not this time. No, this time it is uh, nothing but good stuff. Nothing but good stuff, more or less. But look, you came here for a rant, and a rant is what you're going to get. Uh, if you're listening to this at the time of it coming out, by this time, we have just had a uniquely virtual experience. You see, in the times of uh, COVID-19, we're dealing with this pandemic can't really go anywhere. Can't do a lot of things. Uh, life has sort of been put on hold, more or less. All the things that we used to enjoy, especially this time of year. It's the summer. We're at the tail end of summer. And all the things that we used to love to do, kind of can't do it anymore, including conventions. I've already talked about the convention, uh, sort of the feelings of where we are in terms of conventions uh, uh, season that has come and gone, as it were. But be sure to go check that out. I believe it's episode six or seven. Well, you know. You've heard it, I'm sure. You tell me. But go check that out if you want to hear the thoughts that I had about convention season and what it means that we didn't get it. But just because we didn't get the in-person experience of the conventions does not mean that the uh, the powers that be that bring us the content and the the things that we go to the convention to experience, it doesn't mean that they weren't listening and they didn't want to give us something. And the people over at DC Comics slash Warner Brothers Entertainment, uh, HBO Max, yada, 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 all the things, they decided let's throw our own virtual convention and that was called DC Fandome, because it was all under the dome of the DC banner. Or really, it was because you know the people, the 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 pan the the panelists, the the moderators, the hosts, they were all under this dome enclosed space. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, we got a whole convention in one day, 
or uh, the Encore presentation was the day after this past weekend. It was quite a day. They made it a 24-hour experience. So you could tune in live, and then if you missed a few things, you could always go back. They had a schedule. It was like an actual convention. It was a schedule. You can tune in at certain times and know what it is that you're going to see. Very cool. And to be honest with you, it was super fun and super well organized. Uh, No pun intended on the super, but I mean, we'll get to that. But it was fun. It was a cool experience. And I would not be shocked if we start seeing more of this sort of thing from other brands, other companies. Don't be shocked if we see this again from DC. It was pretty cool. And I know a lot of the typical usual suspects of convention goers were like, well, yeah, but it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same as being there, being on the floor, seeing all the people, seeing all the things in person. That's kind of the perk you get when you pay so much money to go to these conventions and be a part of it is that you get to see uh, the new footage. You get to see the new designs. Uh, you get to see what's coming up on down the pipeline before anybody else. And I get that. But didn't it feel better knowing that we were all together on this? We were all, everyone around the world, experiencing everything at the same time. Together. There's the joke, uh, DC broke the internet this weekend. I'm not entirely sure that's inaccurate. I can tell you straight up, my computer was on uh, the uh, the fandom page the entire day until it was finally over. So, honestly, there was so much I couldn't get to everything, as is tradition. If you are a typical convention goer, you're not going to see every little thing. You have to pick your battles. So, I stuck with what is going on in DC Entertainment specifically. Um a little bit of the TV shows, not much of that, and uh, a little bit of what's going on uh, with upcoming comic book stuff, but mostly for the movies. I'm a movie guy. I'm a movie maniac, as some of you know. If you've been with me for a little while, you know this, and I'm big into the superhero stuff. This is my this is my my realm. This is what I love. So let's go into what we got. Uh, Right off the bat, right at the top, we'll start from the top. I mean, honestly, it's like, where do I begin? I guess I'll start at the top, because they decided to open up this whole thing with a panel for the upcoming Wonder Woman 1984, the the sequel to the 2017 uh, Patty Jenkins-directed Wonder Woman, the first solo movie. And Wonder Woman 84 finds Diana in the 80s. You know, we we got to see her in modern day for uh, Batman v Superman and Justice League. And, uh, well, I mean, what was she doing that whole time? And now we get a story of what she was up to in 1984. If I'm not mistaken, this movie was probably supposed to come out originally around this time. Maybe we'd already be seeing it. Uh, but with the pandemic, everything got pushed back. So we're not going to get this movie till sometime next year. 
probably next summer. And after we got this really cool panel with our uh, main stars and Patty herself, they dropped a trailer, a new trailer. And I got to say, the wait is going to be very difficult. I personally really enjoyed Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Not that I was looking forward to that movie being bad, but I didn't realize just how much I was going to enjoy it. Namely because Gal Gadot at the time was not a household name. Matter of fact, her career was lacking. And the things that I had seen her in, which was minimal, I went, I don't know if this woman can pull this off. Imagine my very pleasant surprise when I watched Wonder Woman and I thought to myself, wow, they... Patty got a performance out of her that I was not prepared for. I don't think any of us out there were prepared for it, and I think that's one of the many reasons why that movie struck a chord. I mean, it's just, it's well-written, it's well-directed. And can I just say, uh, I'm, I'm such a fan of Patty Jenkins. She's, she is so enthusiastic about this franchise, this character, these movies, and it's, you really get to, you, you feel it. You feel you felt it watching the the panel for this presentation and i was just i don't know there was something about it. i just i had a grin on my face the entire time watching all of them they were so enthusiastic about this movie and about one another as people and and patty just you can tell she really had a great time making this and i'm excited to watch it and they dropped a new trailer and i mean I, I can't, I'm not even going to go play-by-play. Play. I'm sure at this point, if you're listening to this, you've already seen the trailer. It's great. We get to see Diana ride the lightning with her lasso. She also, I think, rides a, the invisible jet. At one point, she throws her lasso in the air and takes off, and we don't see what it is she's connected to. I dare say it's the invisible jet. Uh, I think we're getting it in this movie. We still have no idea... How Steve Trevor is is back from the dead, seemingly. But that might have to do with something uh, that has to do with our villain, which is one of our villains is Maxwell Lord, played by Pedro Pascal, who that guy, his career is just blowing up, man. And it, rightfully so. He's good. He's really good. If you liked uh, The Mandalorian, if you liked him in Game of Thrones, uh, I mean, Narcos... Among 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 my, many of his work, he's just a good dude. He just seems like a good, genuine dude and a hell of a performer. But he's playing the villain, and uh, and he's not alone. We get Kristen Wiig playing Cheetah, and this trailer basically the money shot is the fact that she is facing Diana head to head, and she is full Cheetah. Her body is transformed into the humanoid cheetah that, uh, you know, the, the classic cheetah look. Uh, I didn't know if they were going to do it. I didn't know if they were going to have the balls to do it. Um, I mean, you know, the metaphorical balls. <laughs> Let me point that out. Uh, but I'm glad. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised that even if we, even if they were going to, they were, they were going to do that originally, I'm surprised they let us see it so soon. 
before the movie comes out. So now I wonder, what exactly is the climax going to be? What is the explanation going to be? I've seen a lot of of Steve Trevor being back. I've seen a lot of fan theories. Uh, I usually don't prescribe to any of them because most of the time, you fan theorists out there tend to be very wrong. And um, I'd rather not put my hope into a fan theory only for the rug to be taken out from under me. You know what I mean? But great stuff. Visually, this thing looks... uh, Not only does it look just crisp and amazing and just well... It looks well-directed from a trailer standpoint, but it looks consistent as well. We got some shots back uh, in Themyscira. Uh... We get, uh, you know, just the way that uh, Diana interacts with people, uh, the way she moves, the way Steve Trevor is speaking, and he he seems like a fish out of water. He he just he doesn't know what to uh, what to make of it. So now it's actually kind of funny. In the first movie, Diana is the fish out of water because she's never been in man's world before. Now, Steve Trevor, being back from the dead in the '80s, he has, you know, he has no clue. No clue what to do. There's a great little jab at the end where he's all dressed dressed with, in uh, you know civilian clothes with a fanny pack, and she makes him change because he looks terrible, but then he's wearing parachute pants, and he doesn't understand the concept of parachute pants. And I think this movie's going to be very funny with a lot of heart. I am so looking forward to it. Great, great stuff. And they open that up right off the bat, and we got a little bit from... Uh, little things in between but moving along and I might be out of order with this and I apologize but I'll just I I wrote down what I remembered as far as the order goes so we get a look at the new Suicide Squad movie The Suicide Squad directed by James Gunn that's right the the man who gave us the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, a franchise that no one thought would work Uh, it's worked twice uh, you could say it's worked four times because of Infinity War and Endgame over at the MCU. And now he's on the DC side, giving us the Suicide Squad. And while this thing might be a sequel to uh, the, the previous movie, this it the presentation made it look like... It, the statement was very clear uh, that this is our movie. We are not going to... We're not going to acknowledge... Uh, that other that other one no offense to the people that made it but it was critically not well received and as a as a fan of these uh characters i can tell you myself suicide squad just did not work for me i thought it did the first time i watched it i went okay that's different sure i I could maybe get down with that then i rewatched it and thought i like it a little bit less now and then and then it was the third time i watched it and, and it was the uh, quote-unquote extended cut. And I, I hated that one most of all. So I said, yeah, this just this doesn't work. There's just so much about this movie that doesn't work. However, The Suicide Squad, James Gunn finally brings us some footage. He doesn't give us a trailer, but it's, it's sort of this B-roll of behind-the-scenes footage. And we get a, kind of a sneak peek look at what we're in for. And someone on set described it as like a 70s war thriller movie. And that's exactly what this thing looks like. Not to mention the cast is pretty stacked of people. We do have some reoccurring 
actors from the first movie, so that that lets you know that, hey, this is a sequel, but this is going to be different. More like a soft reboot. But Margot Robbie's coming back as Harley Quinn. Uh, Joel Kinnaman's coming back as Rick Flagg, and he looks like he's actually going to look like Rick Flagg. Maybe he'll act a little bit better. Uh, no offense, Joel. Uh, he's, a, he's a regular listener, sure. But we get the return of Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. And you know what? Say what you want about Jai Courtney. I actually I don't think he's a bad actor like everyone else does. Go watch him in Spartacus. I promise you'll change your mind. But he's one of the better parts of that first Suicide Squad movie, I thought. I said, yeah, that, that to me is Captain Boomerang. Um, because that's a ridiculous villain. And it's going to be really hard to make him... Uh, I don't want to say likable, but you need to take him seriously as a villain. Show me why he belongs on the Suicide Squad. And I felt like we got that. And I think in this next one, we're going to get that uh, even more. And, uh, you know, there's the the cast. We're joined by newcomers uh, like John Cena, Pete Davidson, Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion. Uh, I mean, it just the list goes on. And, of course, Viola Davis coming back as Amanda Waller, because why wouldn't you bring her back? Uh, I think, honestly, she's my favorite part of the the first movie, because you're not supposed to like Amanda Waller. She is a, uh, a corp... <laughs> she is a, a government villain to the core. That is who Amanda Waller is, and Viola plays her with such a, a forceful tenacity and just... She's just despicable. You need that for Amanda Waller. That's that's the point. Remember, the Suicide Squad are a group of villains. Uh, the only reason they're doing uh, government work is so they can you know, shave some time off their prison sentences. Um, but one of the key phrase, phrases that they, they uh, mention throughout this footage is don't get attached because while this squad seems to be fully packed, you know, I mean, if you're familiar with Suicide Squad uh, stories at all, you know not everyone is going to make it. I thought more people were going to die in the first movie than they did, but, uh, you know, that is, it is what it is. This one, I think we're going to lose well over half (laughs) of the group. We possibly, I'm, you know, I'm going to make a prediction now. I say we are down, of the, I believe, 12 squad members, or however many it is, it's a lot. Uh, we're going to be down to maybe five or four. Five or four left. I, we're not going to lose Harley, because we're just, we're just not. Um, I think Bloodsport, played by Idris Elba, I think he'll hang around. We may lose Captain Boomerang this time around, but I'm inclined to think we won't. Uh, I think Rick Flagg will stick around, and then I think uh, uh, maybe maybe one of the newbies, like uh, maybe King Shark lives. That would be funny. King Shark. We're getting King Shark in a movie, and the rumor is Taika Waititi is voicing him, so that'll be super exciting. But again, I talk about the enthusiasm uh, Patty Jenkins had with Wonder Woman 84, James Gunn was all over the place in this panel. He was taking fan questions. He was uh, uh, playing games with the cast. He is all in. He 
And he, he kind of made the comment that he had the most fun he's ever had on a movie working on this. He said DC and Warner's basically let him do what they what he wanted to do for this movie. And I understand that because they they courted him pretty heavy to come in. Remember, not to bring up, you know, dirty laundry or whatever, but James got fired from the next Guardians movie because of uh, you know, some tweets he made 10 years ago that he had apologized for, but I guess it's cancel culture. So DC said, well, look, not for nothing, but we would love to have you over here. Please come over here. Do, do, do a project with us. Obviously, you make Guardians of the Galaxy work. Do you think you could make Suicide Squad work? And James basically said, yeah, if you let me make the Suicide Squad movie I want to make. And they said, done. So he got to work, and uh, according to him, from the fandom experience, he said the the footage, the movie that he has shown the studios, they said they love it. Now, Warner's has a history of tampering with films. We'll, we'll get more on that uh, later, perhaps. Uh, maybe you know where I'm going with this. So I wonder, they may love it now, but will they love it in the end? Will they give us uh, the movie that James Gunn set out to make. One can only hope, especially right now, because the overarching thing that I felt with this fandom experience was they're finally starting to listen, and they're finally going to do things differently, the things that they should have been doing in the first place. Let the directors direct their movies. Let the fans appreciate different variations one of the key things about the dc universe is the fact that it's a multiverse embrace it and it seems like they are more on that in a moment but i cannot wait for the suicide squad i can't wait for an actual trailer um that might be on the way soon because it seems like he could probably uh put something together so moving along uh we get a little I'm not a gamer, but they showed us two games during uh, this presentation. One is a Suicide Squad game, which looks like uh, the Suicide Squad has to put down the Justice League because, uh, from what I saw of the trailer, looks like Brainiac's taking control of them, or maybe just control of Superman, I don't know. So we're going to get a video game of Suicide Squad versus Justice League, so I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. But the, the one that got me paying very close attention, and remember, I'm not a gamer, but Gotham Knights. And it looks like it's a sequel to Arkham Knight, the next uh, Arkham game. That's what it looked like, and that's what it felt like, because it opens up with a whole video of Bruce Wayne saying, hey, if you're watching this, I'm dead. And you got to protect Gotham. And he's talking to the Bat family. He's talking to Nightwing, Batgirl, Red Hood, uh, uh, and Robin. I'm not sure if it's Tim Drake or Damian Wayne, but those are your four players. And you get to be uh, one of these Bat family members, and you got to protect Gotham. And you're fighting Mr. Freeze, and you're probably going to fight Joker, or, or maybe not Joker, but you're going to fight some pretty hardcore villains, I would assume. And the game looks so interactive that you can explore Gotham. Like, there's no limit 
It seems like there's no limit. And maybe you could do that in Arkham Knight. I'm not sure. I didn't play it. But this game looks like something I absolutely want to spend a lot of time on. So can't wait for that. The trailer was ridiculously cool. Um, so be sure to check that out. Gotham Knight. Or Knights, I mean. Uh, and then, uh, then we get a presentation, no footage, but we get a presentation on Black Adam. Now, if you don't know who Black Adam is, Black Adam is basically the anti-Shazam. Or rather, let me rephrase. He's Shazam, but a bad Shazam. <laughs> he's, he's, he is the, uh, he's the big time villain for Shazam. Uh, if you remember the movie that we got, uh, back in, uh, uh, it was, it was, oh wow, it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, starring Zachary Levi before Billy Batson re receives the power of, of the wizard. The wizard tells him a story that we had a champion once, but he corrupted his purpose and we had to imprison him. He's talking about black Adam. Black Adam was the first one with the power uh, of uh, of the wizards, the the Shazam godlike abilities, and we get this presentation filled with artwork and of how, after five thousand years, he's he's finally free, and we're getting a movie about Black Adam. So we're getting basically uh, another villain movie. Or an anti-hero movie. You see, Black Adam has this history in the comics of being a straight-up villain. And then he kind of takes a break from villainy and he just he just wants to protect his home. And but he does it with like an iron fist, so he's he's an anti-hero, basically. He that's that's what he he doesn't want to do evil upon the world. He wants to protect his home and he's not afraid to use excessive force. So you can't really call that guy a hero. Um, just like you can't really call the Punisher a hero. He's an anti-hero because yeah, he's, he's killing dudes. <laughs> That's what Black Adam's all about. Uh, and Black Adam is being played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is notably never a villain in the roles that he chooses. Not really. Scorpion King is the closest one. Uh, or I guess from a certain perspective, his character uh, Hobbs... From the Fast and Furious movies, maybe, but then you know he, he, but then he becomes an ally, and then he gets his own spinoff movie with uh, Jason Statham, and I guess he's not the, he's definitely not the villain now. But you know, much like uh, a lot of his wrestling career, he's a he's a babyface. He's he's always going to be the good guy, but not in this movie. And he made a Dwayne made a he made a very clear point to to make sure you understood that he's not playing the good guy in this movie uh he's not going to be a straight-up villain but i i have a feeling we're going to see a lot of that if if you're going to tell a black adam story you better you better tell a lot of give us a lot of villainy and uh like i said there's no footage they haven't filmed anything but we got these artist uh, renderings from jim lee and boss logic about what we can expect, and um, you would think that his movie would be about him coming back into power and going after Billy Batson, a.k.a. Shazam. 
But no, not so much. Apparently, we are going to get the introduction uh, of the Justice Society, which was the precursor to the Justice League back in the Golden Age of Comics. So we're going to get Hawkman. We're going to get Dr. Fate. We are going to get the Atom Smasher. We're going to, I mean, who knows? Probably a lot more. We might get Vixen. We might get uh, uh, Sandman. We might get uh, Jay Garrick, the uh, a.k.a. The Flash, the original Flash, maybe. I don't know. But that's what's so awesome is because now we really are introducing the idea of the multiverse. Unless this JSA is going to take place in the same Earth as the Justice League that we've uh, established. I don't know. There's still a lot to be learned here. Um... But we're gonna get uh, the the we're gonna get Black Adam, and I'm excited to see The Rock actually be a bad guy for once. Cause like I said, uh, the last time, I mean, I know he can go straight villain, because as an old <laughs> as a longtime wrestling fan, I remember when The Rock was a straight up villain. He was the most hated dude in wrestling because he was so good at playing the bad guy. I remember those days. So it'll be cool to see traces of that once again. And you know at some point it's all going to come to a head and he's going to be made aware that there's this kid out there with the the last uh, hero with the power of uh, Shazam. Or that he is Shazam, he has the power of the wizard. Because the wizards are gone. Hence why Black Adam is out of his imprisonment. So that'll be cool. Speaking of Shazam, we did get like a, a brief little thing with Zach Levi and uh, some of the other cast members basically saying we are going to get a Shazam 2, but they can't talk about what that story is going to be. Sinbad even made a, an appearance. That was an inside joke about I'm not even 100% uh, uh, caught up on what that was supposed to be, but I like Sinbad, so I'm not complaining. Uh, we also got a little sneak, uh, uh, or not? It's not even a sneak peek. We just got a very quick conversation with James Wan, the director of Aquaman, and Patrick Wilson, who played Orm, the Ocean Master. And he confirms that Aquaman Two is going to be a thing, and Orm is coming back. So I guess Orm will be the villain again but we already know black manta's coming back so i guess black manta will be the villain again so i guess we're getting uh, aquaman 2 will be the same as aquaman i don't know they didn't really have anything to say about aquaman 2 other than hey patrick wilson's coming back cool that was about it uh but speaking of the multiverse then we got a panel on the Flash movie. Now, this movie has been in developmental hell since 2016. What I mean by that is it has gone through five or six different directors. And no one seems to want to stay on board and get this thing made for reasons unexplained. If I had to guess, I would say studio tampering. But they managed to secure a director for the time being. Uh, Andy Muschietti, and he's the guy who gave us the those last two It movies, which I actually really, really enjoyed. So it'll be interesting to see this horror director come in and do a Flash movie. 
and we get to see some uh, concept art because he um, mentioned that Flash is getting a new suit. It's going to be more uh, sleek and organic. And I saw the rendering of it. And then he mentioned, uh, and, and the, the rendering, lo- it, it looked very familiar to me. And before I could even say what I thought it looked like, then he mentioned that it was already confirmed that Michael Keaton was coming back to play Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, like he did back in 89 and back in 92 with Batman and Batman Returns. Michael Keaton is coming back and he's going to be in this movie. What? And then it was confirmed before that, uh, uh, like before the event, out of the blue, that Ben Affleck is coming back to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne Batman uh, because he's got to be Barry's Batman. So we're getting the multiverse. I mean, we're getting two... I mean, as of right now, we're getting two different Batman. We're getting the the classic Tim Burton Batman. The, the guy, Michael Keaton. That movie is what started my fandom. So I will always have a place in my heart for that movie. Say what you want about it now. Does it hold up? Does it not? Uh, is it faithful to comics? It doesn't matter. That movie was still good. I still love it. And I love Michael Keaton for what he brought to the role. Most people still do. And now he's coming back as old man Bruce. Old man old man Batman. <laughs> and one of the concept arts, uh, art renderings, was the Flash in his new suit with Michael Keaton Batman behind him. And I thought, well... The new Flash suit looks a lot like what it, the suit looks like in the Flashpoint storyline in which he, uh, the Flash, remakes the timeline. He screws up. and makes it really, really bad. But see, in the Flashpoint timeline, Bruce gets shot, not his parents. And his father, Thomas, becomes Batman for that world. And he's a brutal Batman. And we already know Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who played Thomas Wayne in Batman vs. Superman very briefly, has already stated he wants to come back and do that Thomas Wayne Batman. Well, now we've got a reason why he can come back and do that, because this they basically all but confirmed that this Flash movie is going to be a Flashpoint-type, multiverse-ridden Flash movie. And as bonkers as that sounds, I am all here for it. I don't know if Ezra Miller is going to stay on board because that's a whole thing. It seems like he is. I, I don't know that Warner Brothers has any intention of uh, replacing him. So, you know, feelings aside on that one, uh, it, that that seems to be the way to go. I'm just stoked that not only am I getting, I'm getting my two favorite Batman like they're coming back. I'm getting them back. My classic uh, uh, birth of the fandom, Michael Keaton, Batman. He's coming back after all these years. And uh, Affleck, I think, I think still to this day is the best on-screen presence of Batman we've ever gotten. And he's coming back to do this. Coming back to be in the Flash. We might get all the Batman in this Flash movie. It'll cease to be a Flash movie after that. But speaking of coming back, you know who's coming back? Zack Snyder to finish 
his movie, and we got a trailer for the Snyder Cut. Yes, it exists. Yes, it has always existed. And now it's going to exist even more because the Snyder Cut is going to hit next year on HBO Max in four one-hour, uh, uh, in four parts, one hour apiece. It's a four-hour movie cut up into segments. And the trailer, right off the bat, we get to see Darkseid. And if you don't know who Darkseid is, remember Thanos over in the MCU? Imagine Thanos, but way more powerful and harder to kill. That's Darkseid. Because Darkseid, Thanos is a titan. Darkseid is a god. He is the personification of the darkness that is throughout the cosmos. Uh, and in a lot of ways, they, they, they are similar. I mean, it's like almost a tomato-tomato situation, but honestly, Darkseid has the upper hand because he is a godlike entity. That's what he is. So, apparently Darkseid... I mean, we got... With the theatrical version of Justice League, it, they were in, intending. They kept laying the hints that we were going to get the the world of Apocalypse. In the nightmare sequence in Batman vs. Superman with, you know, Bruce in the uh, apocalyptic world, you know, everything's devastated. There's that Omega symbol. The world's destroyed and Superman's bad. That's because that is Darkseid taking over. That's what the Justice League was supposed to be, to stop Darkseid. Steppenwolf was just a general. And we get to see Steppenwolf in this uh, in this trailer, and he looks like what he was supposed to look like, not with whatever they made him look like in the theatrical movie, which everyone said he just looks like a bad video game villain, and I agree. But in this, he looks like a pure monster. What he was intentionally or uh, originally supposed to in be intended to look like. And we get some footage that we've seen in the first trailers, back when Zack was still on board. Uh, we got uh, those scenes expanded. It looks like we're getting more of a cyborg story, which cyborg, according to Zack, is supposed to be the heart of this movie. Uh, we didn't get that in the theatrical cut, so I'm excited to explore. Also... We got more from the interaction with uh, Batman and the Flash. So, more Affleck. Probably more Wonder Woman. There's a great scene at the end where Barry Allen, he's saying, this guy has probably destroyed thousands of people on hundreds of worlds, and, you know, how can we beat him? And, and Affleck comes in with the, I don't care how many worlds and how many hells he's fought in, how many, how many he's destroyed. He's never fought us, not us united. Ah, oh, it's such a great line. And, of course, Superman. We see Henry Cavill in the black Superman suit. And it's just a thing of beauty. So we're getting Superman back. We're getting Henry Cavill back. Or are we? I don't know. Because, look, as much fun as I had with the DC fandom, there was one thing that stuck out about all of it. It was my only critique. I said, this is fun, but you didn't give us any Superman stuff. No news. Nothing. The closest we got 
was the Snyder Cut trailer. Because we see, oh look, they did have a lot more for Henry Cavill to do in this movie. He he actually has a story arc that they sort of, you know, breeze by really quickly in the theatrical version. They give him uh, a CG face and a really weird red and blue suit. When Zack says, no, no, he was supposed to have the black suit. He's going to have the black suit in this movie. Man, I'm stoked. When I heard that the Snyder Cut might be a thing, I was on board. I didn't join the, uh, uh, you know, the the masses in the release of the Snyder Cut, but I said, look, if it exists, I want to see it. So, make enough noise, all you people, and maybe they'll listen. And they did. So now we're getting it. Look, say what you want. I enjoy... Uh, I, I actually love Man of Steel. I think that's the best Superman movie we've ever gotten. I enjoy the ultimate edition of Batman vs. Superman, though I will admit it's not the best. There are things about it that I had problems with, but a lot of it I love. Um, it was more of a Batman movie than a Superman than a Man of Steel sequel. I feel like we should have got Man of Steel 2 before that, but... Neither here nor there. But what I want is for Henry Cavill to come back as Superman. He deserves to come back. He deserves another shot. Give us a Man of Steel Part 2. I don't know if it'll happen, but I figure if enough people make enough noise about this as they made about the Snyder Cut, then maybe. And the thing is, Henry seems keen to come back. Like, he wants to come back and play Superman. He loves playing Superman. Let him be. And uh, I didn't... So we got uh, some stuff uh, with uh, the TV shows. I know there was a Titans panel. Um, I didn't tune in too hard for that one, but I know that Season 3 is a go. I know we are getting... uh, Seems like we're getting Red Hood as a villain in that, so I need to brush up on Season 2 of Titans and figure out what the hell happened? Because I have an idea of what happened, but they might have changed it. And then they decided to end the night out of everything they were doing. I mean, they, they went over the... Uh, it, it, needs to be, it needs to be said, they're bringing back Milestone Comics. So we're getting uh, more Static Shock. Uh, we're getting Icon and Rocket. We're getting all those characters that were a part of the Milestone banner... And they're bringing it back into the limelight. And they're going to start working on a Static Shock movie. And I watched a lot of Static Shock when I was a, when I was a teen, uh, when, the, when the animated show was out. Um, not as much as I probably should have, but I can always go back and rewatch it. But I know that people loved Static Shock. And I think a movie for Static Shock would be is a good idea. I can't wait. But then they decided, well, how do we end the night? How do we close out? And of course, you close out with the thing everybody is keen on watching, the thing everyone is talking about, uh, they're concerned about, they're excited for, whatever. And that's the new movie for Batman. The Batman. Directed by Matt Reeves of the of uh, Dawn and War of the Planet of the Apes, uh, Cloverfield, Let Me In, uh, just uh, among many. And he 
I was excited, but I was confused as to what kind of movie we were going to get, knowing that he wanted to do a younger Batman story, which means Affleck was out. And this is the one, and I've talked about this before, because Robert Pattinson got cast as Batman. And it caused a, an uproar. But look, I, I said the same thing I said when Affleck was cast. Everyone chill out. Let's wait and see. Because you may not like him as an actor, but I can tell you straight up, he's done good work. And I was talking about Affleck then, and I will echo those sentiments with Pattinson. If you haven't been watching what Pattinson's been doing in the last five years alone, you need to get educated. Watch the movie Good Time. Watch The Lighthouse. Watch The Rover. Watch uh, The Lost City of Z. Uh, he's got a, an upcoming Netflix film with Tom Holland. Uh, that looks pretty trippy. Uh, he will be in the new Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. I'm telling you, the guy's legit. So Matt Reeves comes out, and he's talking to Aisha Tyler. It's, it's not really so much a panel. It's just her doing a Q&A with him. And you want to talk about enthusiastic. You can tell this guy... He's been wanting to talk about this for a while. And he goes into the intricacies of, of what it means to be in this, uh, what his Gotham City is going to look like, it's what it's going to feel like. He wants to embrace the, uh, the corruptness, uh, the corruption. He wants to embrace this detective story because, remember, Batman is the world's greatest detective. He So let's see that. He said that this movie is going to be year two. For Batman so he's been at it for a year at least and this is his second year so he's not entirely the feared vigilante that he becomes but we get to see the process we get to see him become the Dark Knight we get to see him become the world's greatest detective and that's the movie I've been wanting for a for a long time since I started really reading the comics I go why why are we not getting detective Batman we got a little bit of it uh, with Affleck's Batman. We got one scene in the entire trilogy of the Dark Knight, uh, the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight movies. And other than that, we've really kind of glossed over his detective skills. And that's not that's never really sat right with me. But now we're going to get it. And the cast of this thing is just all-star with Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard, Colin Farrell, Zoe Kravitz, Andy Serkis, and Paul Dano, among others. And as Matt is going through, his, you know, his enthusiasm, or he's he's just explaining as much as he can without giving things away. He just wants you to understand what kind of world we're going to be stepping into. He decides, you know what? Rather than tell you, let me show you what I got. And we get the trailer for the Batman. This trailer is awesome. It starts off with my, I, I'll say it, I probably, if not my favorite, it's at least my, my second favorite Nirvana song, uh, Something in the Way, which, for, uh, first of all, I never thought I would hear in a movie trailer. Because I feel like that song is a little too obscure for the modern audience. 
which is maybe why they used it, but it's just really good. Really mellow, but really kind of depressing. It's Nirvana. What do you want? But I love it. And it's not even, uh, second of all, it's not even a cover. Normally in trailers, if you hear a a song by a high-profile artist, you're, you're not going to hear the actual version. You're going to hear a cover. This was not a cover. This was actually Nirvana. So big props. I was very impressed with that and happy. And we get a full, full close-up view of what Pattinson looks like in the bat suit. I'm still kind of iffy on the suit, but I think I will come around on it because it's supposed to look like it's a progress, a working pro- a work in progress. So I get it. We get to see him trading blows with Zoe Kravitz in this uh, tight cat suit and a mask. Uh, it's just a ski mask, but the way she has it cut and the way it's it fits on her head makes it look like she has cat ears. So I said, that's clever. Very good. Uh, it, it's very reminiscent of uh, Batman Year One or uh, The Long Halloween. Just a little. But that's also probably going to be a work in progress. Matt Reeve also said, this is a world where the rogues gallery aren't yet to their full power. So you probably won't be... They probably won't call Selena Kyle Catwoman. They probably won't call Colin Farrell's uh, Oswald Cobblepot as Penguin. They might make a reference, but he's going to be Oswald Cobblepot. And they only showed him briefly, but the brief moment they showed, I went, oh my God, he is unrecognizable. But that's Cobblepot. You know that's the Penguin. Uh, we don't get to see Alfred yet, but we hear Andy Serkis's voice in a voiceover. Um, we, we hear Paul Dano, and we get this quick, glimpse of a guy in this uh, weird mask and glasses and I think we're to assume that's the Riddler but the way Dano sounds man he just he just sounds like a psychopath we're getting dark Riddler and that's the that's the way you have to do it because the Riddler on the surface is a goofy villain and unfortunately in all the depictions we've seen him in He's a little silly. But there's a dark Riddler in there somewhere. You have to you want to make this character uh scary, you want to make him a formidable foe, then you got to go dark with him. You have to go dark with it. He can't he can't wear the typical colorful green uh, you know, suit and bowler hat and the purple mask. He can't do that. You got to make him much more of a force. And I think that's what Matt Reeves has done in this movie with Riddler. I, I just know you hear him you hear him speak the most throughout the trailer, and it's just it's so haunting. On top of the music and uh the the brooding nature of uh of, of Batman, the way Robert Pattinson is playing him. And the money shot of the trailer is <laughs> <laughs> some thug coming stepping up to Batman trying to he's like who are you supposed to be and Pattinson gives him the business that is one of not since the warehouse scene in Batman vs Superman have I seen a more brutal Batman live action sequence and it's only 8 seconds long or what have you 
but he just beats the living tar out of this one guy. And none of the other thugs seem keen on helping because they don't want to get beat up. It's just, ah, I can't. At this point, you've probably seen the trailer. I mean, the trailer has been making the rounds in the last couple of days, so you've seen. But if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's it is it is dark and mysterious, but exciting at the same time. This is going to be a special Batman movie. I'm excited to see how the rest of it turns out. I'm excited to see Robert play this role. I think he's going to turn a lot of heads. He's going to change a lot of minds. Of pe- people still have the stigma of Twilight associated with him, and you gotta let that go. You just gotta let that go. You let it go for uh, Affleck. Everyone said, "Well, he was terrible in Daredevil." Was that really his fault? And was he really terrible? And everyone said he's just a terrible actor. Hmm. Okay. And then that movie came out, and everyone said, "Wow, Affleck actually is a pretty awesome Batman." Yeah. No duh. Because he understands the character and he's a good actor. It also helps that he's uh, a physical presence. All I'm saying is we can't judge these books by their cover just yet. We have to look inside, read the substance within. And I know, and I know, this is still just a, a teaser trailer. I get it. There could be a moment, I mean, I could go into that movie when it finally does come out and and think to myself when it's over, you know what? I did not enjoy that. That might happen. And I have to prepare myself for that possibility. And if so, I will do an episode where I say, you know what, guys? I was wrong. I was very excited for this movie and it wasn't good. I am prepared for that possibility. However... I always go into a new Batman movie thinking it's going to be great. Because chances are I'm going to love it. Especially if I know it's coming from a place of love and respect from the people making it. I knew Zack Snyder was a fan. I knew he wanted to make an awesome Batman movie. He probably should have just done that instead of you know shoehorning in a Superman and Batman movie, but whatever. You can feel the love. You you can feel the fandom within when you see that. When you watch the trailer for the Snyder Cut, you feel the fandom. When I watch the Batman trailer, when I listen to Matt Reeves talk about it, you feel the fandom. That's the that's really my takeaway from the uh, DC fandom experience was I felt the fandom the entire day. And nowadays, when people are very much pro-MCU and very anti-DC because they don't agree with the direction the movies are taking or whatever, to feel the love from all over the world in a single day just to feel the DC Comics love everyone still has was reassuring and refreshing it was refreshing because in today's uh, world fandom is a mess and it's toxic and it's just 
I mean, it's just not good. People are angry and mean to one another just because of liking something that one person doesn't like or not liking something a lot of people like. It's an opinion, man. Fandom is, a, is about coming together and celebrating the things you love, not necessarily agreeing on every little thing. You can't keep putting people down for having a different opinion as you about a piece of, you know, art or fiction just because they don't like it and you do does not mean that that person's opinion is invalidated. I mean, if you're a young person and you're struggling with this concept, that's one thing. But fandom is full of grown-ass adults who know better. And I'm not saying I've been perfect all my life in this regard. I haven't. It's been a learning process. I've had to learn, hey, calm down, dude. So if anyone understands the idea of passion behind the fandom, it's me. I get it. But stop being shitty to people. Especially on the internet. You would never be shitty to people in the, to their faces like, like the way that you do on the internet. You wouldn't do it. You absolutely would not do it. So don't be that guy. Even if you're a lady, don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. And it's tearing fandom apart. And when you tear fandom apart, then the powers that be stop listening to it. And then we, they stop making the things that we like. You see how that works? Don't let fandom die, but don't be part of the problem. So all in all, I had a very fun time at DC Fandom. It made me happy and excited to be a DC fan again. Not that I ever lost the, uh, not that I ever lost the fandom for it, or the love for it, or the enthusiasm. No, I still held out hope. I do shell out a touch of optimism here and there. It was mainly the fandom around me that was getting me down. So, if if nothing else, can you you people at least do me a favor and stop being shitty to one another? So that I don't lose hope in the fandom. Because I like the fandom. I like the community. It's good to have the community. But let's be a respectful community, okay? The fandom is for all of us. We are all in this together. Again, together. And that's my TED Talk. And that's my rant, because I'm a maniac, and I'm a DC maniac, I'm a superhero maniac, a film maniac, I'm just maniacal for my heroes. They come in all shapes and sizes, all ages, genders, races, whatever. Let's just be more like the heroes that we worship. Let's be heroic. Let's be good. Let's fight for justice and truth. 
Now my TED Talk is over. <laughs> that is the episode, Rantings of a Maniac. Hey, if you enjoy the rants that I do, be sure to head on over to uh, Twitter and Instagram and follow me at MarkTheBat. But don't follow me if you're going to just spew out hate. Uh, I've got no room for it. Because chances are I'll interact with you. And I will keep interacting until you give up. Don't test me. I don't want to do that. It's exhausting. So please don't. Follow me for all the uh, other rants. I rant about a lot of things, not just the nerddom, but uh, about music and about life. A lot about life here lately because life is crazy. We are in a pandemic and we have to hold it together, but we can only do that together. Okay? Keyword is together. At MarkTheBat, Twitter and Instagram. Also, follow me here on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. Follow my show every other Wednesday, Ranting of a Maniac. Also, follow the other guys. Corey Morissette's got the power of positive geeking. Uh, every week he has a, he explores a, a new film, and he geeks out about it. He has a guest, usually, and sometimes it's one of us. Sometimes it's an outside source, but it is always a fun time. Every Monday, the Hoot and Holler podcast with Jeff Saunders, uh, him and uh, the Hillbilly. All of the uh, <laughs> all of the would be suspects. It it is just a great variety show. It's a great time. Join Thomas Risling, John Mariano, and all of the gang for Are We Wearing Pants, the main show. We drop that on Fridays, and then every once in a while, uh, I like to go live on our YouTube channel with the Friday Night Dive. It's a laid back, calm, relaxed environment where I grab a drink and I get online and I have a chat. And you join me in that chat, and we talk about whatever we want. It's always a fun time, and that is what we do at Feeding the Monster Podcast Feed. So subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a a comment, a rate, a review, help us get the numbers up. Be sure to check out, we have a Public store, get our patronizer shirts, get our main show shirts. We have shirts. If you want a mask, we got masks too. I think I've plugged everything. Go check that out. I am Mark Kamire. This is Rantings of a Maniac. This is Pool Bear from Pool Talk. And you know, when I'm not talking about pool, I like to listen to other people talk. And you know who I really like to listen to is Thomas and John and Corey and Mark and Jeff on Are We Wearing Pants on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. It's so funny. It's one of my favorite shows. I like it more than honey. And it even makes Eeyore smile.